Hello, hello, welcome back everyone. Class is in session, kidding. This is a fun experience, so don't... Well, we try to make it fun anyway. My name is Larry Morrison. I am the financial shaman. And on this podcast, what we do is we break down the belief systems that block wealth and abundance from coming into our life. And unconditional love. I'll, t- I'll tell you right now that unconditional love and abundance frequency go hand in hand. Um, it might not seem that way, but it does. Because unconditional love is another name for source, God, universe. And so the more we allow unconditional love into our lives, the more we accept who we are, we begin the process of self-love. That's when we open up more and more to our own divinity and therefore our own abundance. I look at it like this. There are different frequencies, meaning there are different vibrations or it's easier put for understanding, there are different dominant emotions that you can have. A vibration or a frequency is a dominant emotion. It's the simplest way to understand it, right? So when, when you're going about your day, now while you can tune in and change your frequency and vibration almost constantly, depending on what you're thinking about and your perception of what you're thinking about, which is created by your beliefs, then that frequency will then tune you in to uh, a source of, let's let's call it wisdom. Here's what I mean. We on this are learning to master the abundance frequency, how to feel abundant, how to feel wealth more and more of the time. And then from that place, you can discern how to best move forward with the next steps. If you're feeling abundance, if you're feeling wealth, when it comes to like your business, your job, your money, um, what you want to do with your life, that type of a thing. If you're feeling that, you can sense the next step from that place. You're not making, you're not making moves based in scarcity and therefore shrinking yourself, you're making moves and taking steps based in abundance and expansion, right? Well, the way I look at it is there are roughly 12 to 14 different frequencies, main frequencies, in my opinion. This is just me from this consciousness level. And what I notice is uh, unconditional love is, or you could say love itself, but I think unconditional love is a better descriptor. Unconditional love is the top frequency. It's the number one. It's the highest frequency there is. There is nothing higher than unconditional love. And then below that is source. Now source is unconditional love. But what I mean by source is divine grace. The feeling, the the divinity in everything. So there's a, uh, a source code, a source frequency. 
where this is where all creation happens. This is where um, our relationship to our creator and the perceived separateness starts to fall away when you master this frequency. And then below that, the number third spot is joy, bliss, um, ecstasy, uh, or ease. That's, you know, when someone's blissed out or they're just elated ecstasy like this is higher than happiness. And then fourth is the abundance frequency. So to master unconditional love, and you might have to, you know, look at, and then there's power and gratitude and happiness and uh, on and on and on. But to me, you have to understand the frequencies that are, unconditional love is like a foundation of a frequency. It's a foundation that you kind of have to understand to understand the others. So your original nature is unconditional love. All there is is unconditional love. And so the more you realize that you're unconditionally loved by source, by life itself, that that's all there is, then you start to realize that you're the one blocking the feeling of unconditional love. If you don't feel it, it's because you have belief systems that are making you switch back into conditional love, which is what we've all been trained here, is the way of things. It's not, but that's what we've been shown. Okay. Now, from there, from that precipice, from that foundation of, oh, right, I'm unconditionally loved, I can do no wrong, there is nothing wrong, everything is perfect, even if there's a part of me that believes that it's not, even that is perfect too, <laughs> there's nothing I can ever do wrong, there's no wrong way to do life, then you start to really go, oh, wait a minute, if there's no wrong way to do life, then what am I doing? Why am I living for someone else? Why am I looking for approval when I already have it? Right? And so this is what, when the, the fa- understanding unconditional love and the fabric of who you are within it then you start to unravel. A lot of this, these limiting beliefs start to fall away. The concepts start to fall away. And so understanding that as a foundation will move you faster and higher into abundance. Because, for instance, one of the top, one of the top money beliefs is I don't deserve wealth, right? Or I don't deserve money. And... When you go, wait a minute, that can't be true because I'm unconditionally loved at all times. And deserving is simply a judgment that I have about myself and about source and about how source sees me. So I'm the one limiting it by believing I don't deserve. When you understand the foundation is you're unconditionally loved, a tidal wave more than you could possibly fathom of love is they're concentrated on you constantly and you're the one blocking it because you wanted to, 
you wanted to block it. Why would that be? Because this is the place in this reality where we explore contrast and darkness. This is the only place that you can. Once you cross back over, once the game is done of physical reality, you go back into unconditional love and there's no fooling you anymore. You know your own divinity, right? So this place is where we play with limitation, with darkness, with transforming darkness into light. It's kind of like a, a giant game, an ascension machine, as my friend and teacher Daryl Anker Bashar would say. It's an ascension machine because when you really understand who you're not, then you can further understand who you are. Meaning, or the analogy I love the most is, imagine that you're a flame on the sun. You are source because you're a flame, so you are unconditional love. But because you're on the sun, you can't know yourself. It's hard to perceive yourself. Even though you're unique, just like leaves on a tree are unique, it's very difficult to fully understand who you are unless you took that flame and went out into space alone, into the darkness, then you could further perceive yourself and the, the distance and the depths of you between you and source, right? So this is the game. So the further you understand that you're unconditional love, then the more you understand that you are the one imposing the limitations. No one else's. And from there, when you sit and look at a belief system like the ones we're going to look at today, then you go, oh, these limitations are imposed by me. Do I want to keep them or not? Do I want to stay playing in this game of confinement or do I want to go back to my original nature? Now that I've gone fully into the darkness and really played the game of playing, you know, in, for instance, my game of Larry Morrison, the role, right, the character, now that I've fully gone in there and pretended for 38 years that I was scarcity and really <laughs> played with, you know, stress and pain and sorrow and heartache and really understood that, especially scarcity and conditional love and the fear of God. Now that I've really understood that, do I want to play that game anymore? And for me, the answer is no. So I'm slowly dissolving my limitations and remembering my own divinity while doing that. Or the way I look at it is I am unconditional love. And any conditions that I find that stop me from feeling unconditional love or being unconditionally loving, I, I alchemize or eradicate or reverse or let go of, right? Whatever you want to say. So, now we need to shift into what are we going to talk about today now that we have a, symbol, like a, a foundation based on unconditional love. And... What we're going to talk about today is busybodies. And I was one of these people, and I still notice, first of all, I, I seem to attract these people into my life as a further reminder of where I was 
and what still needs to be worked on. But here's what I mean by a busybody. Someone who literally has no time and no room in their schedule for themselves. For this work, for spiritual deep diving, let's call it. Or mental gardening is what I am writing about in my book. Mental gardening, the experience of sitting and working on yourself, on your limiting beliefs. Now, I would argue that there is no more important work than that. There is nothing else to do. Because anything else other than working on limiting beliefs and changing your perceptions and going higher and higher in your consciousness, anything else is to work within physical reality and try to change the mirror instead of changing the self so that the mirror reflects back to you what you want or what you are or what you need. Now, knowing this, busybodies, first of all, if you haven't heard my, uh, there's rule, I have two other podcasts that aren't, shouldn't be too much, shouldn't be more than a month or two ago. And then the last few months, one called people pleasers will never be wealthy. People pleasers and busybodies are very similar. They build their lives off similar belief systems, okay? But they are different and unique, but you, it's, not, it's not rare in any sense of the word to find a people pleaser who's also a busybody because if you're putting yourself last, which is what a people pleaser does, Right? It's almost the opposite end of the narcissism spectrum. A narcissist, full-blown narcissist, everything is about me. People-pleaser on the other end is nothing is about me. I can never have what I want. Right? I have to make everybody else happy first. This comes from Children of Abuse, which you can go listen to that podcast. Then there's the rule follower, which is someone who doesn't trust their own inner guidance system and has to rely on the rules, right? This is just basically built from conditioning. What we do in our society is we tell children to listen to the rules, to go to school, to listen, to jam their heads for, full of useless facts, to not understand their emotions, and to not understand that their inner guidance, their inner wisdom is stronger and smarter than anything else anybody will ever teach them because it's based solely in the now, and anything that anybody's teaching them is yesterday's news. But since adults don't know that, since they were indoctrinated the same way to listen to rules instead of themselves, they just keep doing it to the next generation. So, busybodies, though, are unique. They might also be rule followers and also be people pleasers, but busybodies have built a very unique defense mechanism to their own ascension. What they've essentially done... What a busybody does is they leave no white space in their calendar. Obviously, I'm talking about a Google calendar. When people have literally filled up all of their space and they have no time for themselves. Okay, so what this is, is a defense mechanism for growth. Similar to anger. You know, when I talked a couple podcasts ago about how 
anger exploded outward blames everybody else so you don't have to go inside and grow. Okay. So busy bodies is the same thing, a similar thing, where what you've essentially done is you've, you've said to yourself that I come last, my spiritual growth comes last, and everything else is more important. What you're not seeing is a bunch of stuff. But the first thing you're not seeing is that's built on a belief system that is trying to stay alive. Belief systems are like every other living creature on this planet. They have natural built-in defense mechanisms to want to stay alive. And this is what I call the magician defense. The magician defense is look over here at this hand so you don't see what I'm doing in this other hand. The distraction. What's that over there while you're stealing someone's, you know, you're pickpocketing someone, right? That's what magicians were first, one of the first things magicians did. Uh, it was a con game, right? Where someone would stand on the stage or the pulpit or whatever, do tricks while they had the pickpockets running through the crowd and stealing from everybody. So the ultimate distraction. But that's what it is. A belief system will make you fuck, will make you think it's real. I didn't mean to cuss there that I don't mind cussing, but I didn't mean to cuss right there. There was a little bit of a Freudian slip maybe, I guess. But, um, They'll make you, belief systems will make you think they're real. That's how they work. That's how they make you believe that this fake reality, this dream world is real with beliefs, right? All based on your perception, because if you had dissolved all beliefs, you would see right through the illusion. So belief systems reinforce the game. It's almost like software coding where, you know, you go and you play a video game and it's all, but it's all software built, right? So you go and change one of the codes and now your car that's yellow in the game is pink, right? So it's all changing. It's all based on perception. Well, this is the same idea. The belief systems are the programming. And so if you go and alter the programming, the game will change. And belief systems have in them almost like anti-hacking software, right? Where they don't want to be changed. They don't want to be let go of. And within that knowledge is the knowledge that they have defense mechanisms. Just like we talked about with anger. Anger, blaming, victimhood is to make sure you don't look at limiting beliefs and let them go. Well, busyness is the same thing. <clears throat> it's a distraction mechanism as a defense. What the beliefs are essentially saying is there's way more important things to do than sit and look at these beliefs. But that is a lie. There is no more important things to do than sit and look at these beliefs. 
there is no more important thing to do. But Larry, I've got to run my kids to school. Get them in a carpool. <laughs> but Larry, I have to pay my bills. There are things, here's one thing we want to talk about right now. There are things that you have to do. I recognize that. I have to wipe my butt. I have to shower myself. I have to exercise myself. Things I cannot be delegated, right? However, there is a huge difference between what I have to do and what I think I have to do. Remember, the ultimate belief system, the ultimate conspiracy, in my opinion, is the belief that I have to do what I don't want to do. If you think that you have to do what you don't want to do, then who is putting that in your mind? What game are you playing? Whose game are you playing, rather? If you don't want to do it, who's making you do it? You are, or rather your belief systems are, your programming is. This is what we do to children. You don't want to go to school, we don't care. You don't get to listen to your inner guidance. You don't get to play. You got to do what we want you to do. And that's the thing. When you stop and go, wait a minute, what do you mean, Larry? I, I don't have to do what I don't want to do? No! No! Who's making you do that? Well, if I don't, I don't want to pay my bills. Well, that's fine. Don't then. You know the consequences of that action, which if you want to take them, you can. I did. It's like, I'm tired of paying these dumb bills. So I moved into an RV, no bills, very few anyway. Gas, obviously maintenance still there, but I'm not saying my lifestyle is better. I'm just saying I looked at why am I doing this? Because before, I was trying to get more and more money to get more and more nicer things to get my father's approval. Right? And that's when I started to unravel this, I was like, wait a minute, whose game am I playing here? What? Why am I doing things I don't want to do? Who's making me do them? And then you really start to get razor's edge focused on the things you have to do that have to be done by you and the things you can delegate. I delegate almost everything now. Only the things I really excite me is what I do, which is what we're going to talk about here today. Okay. Why are we doing things that don't excite us? Kids have to go to school. Sure. Can they take a bus? Can you carpool to save time and resources and energy? Could they take a taxi or an Uber, right? Could you buy them a car if they're driving age? So that takes off your plate and your time. I have to clean my house. Really? Because there's house cleaners that are super cheap. Well, I don't want people in my house cleaning my stuff. Really? So your time isn't valuable. That is the main belief under this. Your time Energy and space is not valuable. That is the belief we must look at. This work isn't valuable. It doesn't do anything. That 
is a defense mechanism for growth. These are supporting beliefs to the ones that don't want you to change. What if you looked, I'm just saying, what if you looked, this is just an experiment, what if you looked at your time and you're in the white space on your calendar as the most valuable thing there is? What if you looked at white space or let's just say like this, what if you looked at your value as $10,000 an hour? What if your time was worth $10,000 an hour? Or something that really lights you up. Mine, for instance, is 100000 an hour. That gets me really focused on what am I doing I'm worth, I'm worth 100000 an hour. Is washing my RV, does that have to be done by me? No. Doing my taxes? Absolutely not. I hate taxes. Bookkeeping? Obviously, hell no. You really start to go, what has to be done by me? I don't have to clean my own house. I don't even have to wash my own dishes. I don't have to cook my own food. I have to exercise myself. I can't delegate that. I got it. It'd be really weird to hire an in-home health person in an RV to wipe my butt. I get it. That's more cumbersome, <laughs> cumbersome than necessary. But what are the things that I have to do? And what are the things I don't have to do? Because if you stop and look at this and go, wait a minute, why am I doing all of this stuff? Because you don't want to change. There's a part of you that doesn't want to grow. This is your opponent making you believe that you have to do things you don't want to do, that your time has no value and that this work has no value. So you don't do it. But what if you looked at your time as a $10,000, $100,000, I don't get a million an hour, $10,000 an hour. Then you would go, maybe laundry isn't my highest and best use right now. Not only does it not excite me, but could I drop all this off at a laundromat, pick it up three hours later, fold it and wash and clean for actually extremely reasonable price? 15, 20 bucks. If it saves you two hours, do the math. 10,000 an hour minus what? Let's say it's $100, even though that's ridiculous for laundry. Let's say it's $50. $20,000 for two hours. That's how much your time is worth. <laughs> and all it cost was 50 bucks. That's a net profit of whatever that is. 19,950. Why are you doing things you don't have to do instead of finding and creating white space on the calendar, space for you to do this work? So many people are chasing relationships, chasing money, 
What I'm talking about here is not chasing anything. We are creating a vacuum of space. You want to attract things into your life? You have to create a vacuum. And that is space in your calendar, in your day, space for you. You know, I always find it funny when people, they're like, I want a relationship. Or I have a dear friend who really, really wants a child and she literally doesn't have enough time to sleep now. She sleeps five hours a night because her day is completely full. She's going to school with a full-time job. There's 12, you know, four 12s I think she's working. And she's going to school in her spare time. And she's got a hundred husband and a huge family and all of this stuff. Constantly, way too much on the plate. And it's like, you want a baby? You have no room. You want to be wealthy? You have no room. You want to be enlightened? You want, a, you want a deep relationship? Where's the space for it to come in? You know, my buddy Kyle sees he talks about in his book, uh, The Illusion of Money, he talks about tens, only doing things that are tens. This is following your highest excitement. Why are we doing things? Why is there anything in your calendar that is not a 10? Now, you might be working on that. I am currently working on that. I'll tell you right now, I do have things that I have to do that are not a 10. And while I'm working on them, I'm training people how to do them so that I can create more space for 10s. This right now, what I'm saying and what I'm channeling to you is a 10 for me. I love this expression, right? I could do this all day. And sometimes I do. But the point is, why are we doing things that don't excite us? Because, let's just do it like this. Let's, let's flip the script here. I want you to answer this question. I want you to answer this question. What is stopping me from doing my highest excitement every second of every day? I want you to pause this, if you can, and write it down. What's stopping me from following my highest excitement all of the time? Stop and write everything down. And go. And welcome back. Here's what I want to show you. Whatever you wrote down is not what's stopping you. It's the belief that that is stopping you. The belief that that is priority over your highest excitement is what's stopping you. So if you wrote down like here, let's just do me. What is stopping me from following my highest excitement at all times? My business that I currently work one day a weekend. Um, what else? Oh. Hmm. 
That's interesting. I, what I came up with is travel time and my relationship. Now, first of all, travel time. I'm on the road a lot. But I don't have to be as I think about it. I don't have to be constantly moving. I could stay in a central location or at least in a state where the travel time is limited. You know? I could, I could slow this aggressive... No, but that's, that would create more space, right? But it's also taking a step back and say, it's the belief that the travel time is doing this. Because could, during travel time, couldn't I also be listening to books? Couldn't I also be doing the work on myself? Couldn't I also be recording these kinds of things or ideas? True. So it's the belief that the travel time is stopping me. See, the belief makes you look right here. Just, did you see what I did? Because I'm just barely seeing it. When I looked at the travel time is what's stopping me from ascend, ascending or following my highest excitement at all times. I immediately went to fix the problem, which is to have less travel time, stay in a state, stay centrally located, not travel so much around, slow down. Now that would, that would of course create more space, but it would also make me feel bad if I wanted to get more aggressive in my travel and travel around more, see the country, right? It would limit me. So it's not, this is exactly what we do wrong. Is it why the pattern I just fell into? Thankfully, I'm aware of it. Is I went to try to fix the problem my mind came up with. That's the distraction. That is the pulling the rabbit out of the hat. That's the look over here while I'm stealing your pocket watch over here. The belief that travel time is eating up my white space is the problem. Traveling takes away space. Is that true? Can you absolutely know that's true? No, I can't absolutely know that that's true. How does that feel? Feels limiting, feels constricting. Who would you be without that thought? Well, this is Byron Katie's The Work. I'm just verbatim almost. Who would you be without that thought? How would it feel? Expansive, frisky? And immediately what comes up is the solution of that isn't actually a problem. The turnaround, travel time isn't eating up my space because that's alone time. That is space that I can also use to work on myself and see scenery and move around and all this stuff. And as I'm thinking about it, I do use that time. So don't you see? It's the beliefs about the thing, not the thing. Right? Oh, I have to take my kids to school. Or I like to and I don't want to get them an Uber or a taxi or a carpool. I want to take them to school because I enjoy that time with them. Awesome. Could you talk about limiting beliefs? In that space, 
If you wanted to with your children, could you say, hey, I'm following my highest excitement. What's exciting to talk about right now is this. What's exciting to think about right now is this. What do you think? If that's, and this is what Kyle talks about in that book, right? What are the things that excite you the most? Because maybe taking your kids to school is exciting. So you don't need to like look at that as a bad thing. But if it's several hours in the day that you're carting them around, maybe we need to take a step back for a second and say, the morning's ones excite me, the rest of this shit doesn't. Right? Or something like that. Let's do a different one, a different example. What did, what did you write down? A relationship... My relationship hinders me from growth because I want to spend time with them, but it's not my highest excitement. It's like an 8, not a 10. It's not my highest. Great! Can you limit the time that you're with them or let them know this isn't as exciting? So let's talk about the things that excite us. You can use the relationship and move it to a 10 by saying, let's follow our highest excitement. And if you don't want to do that, I'm going to do that with this space. What I notice as I say that to myself is I could spend more time following my highest excitement, less time with my sweetheart. And if there's less time, I'm more focused on her while we're together. If there's less time, right? If I'm handling my highest excitement, if I'm doing that, following that, following that, and then we only, instead of five hours a night, we only have three hours a night, those three I'll be much more focused on her, right? Be turning off my phone. I'll be not, you know, I'll be paying more attention because we're more, I'm more present, I'm more in flow, and I'm with her. Also, I could say, what's the most exciting thing while we're together? Like, let's follow our highest excitement together. What's yours? What's mine? Maybe it's separate. Maybe it's together. I don't know. I've never, start, I've never had that conversation. It's not the things that you think that are stopping you. It's the belief that they're stopping you. That's what doesn't want to be looked at. Oh, I have a job that I hate, Larry. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. This goes back to you're not valuing yourself. You're not valuing your time. You believe, right, that you have to do things you don't want to do. But at least you're aware of it now. I'm not saying to go quit your job tomorrow. But you're aware of it now. Are there things within the job that excite you? Are there things you could delegate out? And if there's nothing you can delegate and nothing that excites you, then it's really time to take a hard look at why you wouldn't think you need to do that. Oh, I got I to gotta pay the bills. I got to keep the kids fed. You don't think you could do that with a job that's exciting? Or even a little bit more exciting?
If you are here to just pay the bills, you might as well just kill yourself now. That sounds really cruel. I even know as it came out of my mouth, I was like, eesh. As someone who's had suicidal thoughts, it's kind of fucked up. But I said it to make a point. Why are we, we're not here just to pay the bills. And I don't mean to harm anyone. It's just words. Please don't take offense. I don't mean to harm anyone who's been through a suicidal episode or has somebody who committed suicide. But I'm just saying, if you know your unconditional love at all times, even there's, there's no mortal sin of suicide. That's nonsense. You just go home. You wake up from the game, the dream. I just mean it to say, you don't, you're not here to just pay the bills. Take that away from it, not the suicide thing, please. You're not here to pay the bills. You're not here to just do what your parents wanted you to do. You're not here to get approval from your society or your city or your church, your neighborhood. You're not trying to keep up with the Joneses. You're here because you have fruit. What? What does that mean? <laughs> you have something to give. Something to express. Just like an apple tree produces apples. You have something that you're meant here to do. And you owe it to yourself to find out what that is. And do it. And uncover all the limiting beliefs along the way. Excuse me. So, busybodies can't be wealthy because they don't have the space to create within. They're saying everything else is more important than my understanding wealth, than my understanding communication uh, to my heart to my mastering the abundance frequency, to my mastering anything, all of that you're saying is that everything is more important than that. I recently had a friend who felt completely overwhelmed. She's like, there's never enough time. I just can't figure this out. I want to grow spiritually, but I can't figure out how to make the space. And I'm like, Sweetheart, you're doing that to you. You're saying that everything's more important. We get attached to this idea of being done. Once I'm done with the to-do list, then I'll do my spiritual stuff. The to-do list never gets done. There's always something more to do. You have to carve out the space and look at what is priority that needs to be done today that I have to do. What are the I have to do's? And where is the urgency for getting this shit done? Where's the urgency? All urgency is made up, in my opinion. Now, 
yes, of course, you know, the baby is coming. Things are going to happen, right, that need your attention. I get it. But one thing that real estate showed me years ago was that all deadlines are arbitrary. Yes, we have to chop woods because, you know, it's going to snow. I get it. There are certain things that you have to do by a certain time. But most of it is all arbitrary deadlines. Fake goals with fake timetables that can always be extended. Even taxes. April 15th turns into October 15th. With a simple form. Right? Like, these hard deadlines are usually arbitrary. Yes, the kids have to go to school today. I get it. But there are a lot of things that we're doing that don't need to be done right this second. And when we broke it down, my friend who couldn't find any time, she had spent almost the entire day doing things that didn't need to be done that day. Only one thing had to be done that day. Actually, two things had to be done that day. And she did all of the other stuff and left the two things that had to be done to the latest night at night, till 10 o'clock at night. And now she's freaking out. You're doing that to you. You're doing that to you. Or rather the belief systems are saying this is priority. It has to be done right now. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Urgency should be the first indicator that something is off in your thinking. Or not maybe the first indicator, but a big indicator. should be a big red flag. When you feel urgency, urgency is scarcity of time. Yes, I know rent needs to be paid on the first. I get it. But why are you thinking about it on the 28th? Unless the weekend's the first or something like that. You need to get to the bank or something. But like I'm just saying... That's not today's priority. You're saying, Larry, I'll never get ahead. You're right, you won't. Getting ahead is another attached idea, attachment to outcome. Just like trying to get done, you're attached to a fake outcome, a false fantasy. You will never get done. There will always be something to do. You will never get ahead because that's a judgment of where you are. And your programs are not going to let you be ahead. Because you've said, everything else is more important than me. So to be right about that, you will never be ahead. The way out of this game is to create the space. To carve it out in blood if you need to. Carve it out of your calendar and protect it at all cost. I don't care if it's an hour a day to start with. Maybe you build up to two hours a day. Maybe you meditate for half an hour of that hour and you sit and do the work on some limiting beliefs that came up. Carve the fucking time out. And protect it with your life. Because limiting beliefs make you, they, they, they will alter your perception into making you think that they are what's most important, not removing them.
They are pulling a magic trick. They are using illusion against you. You will never get done with everything so that you can finally work on stuff. That's not how it works. You have to say to yourself, you have to say to the universe, no, this is priority. My working on myself is priority. Let everything that doesn't matter slide. See what the consequences are. See what happens. Instead of having all of this fear and anxiety and the, the limiting beliefs show you, oh my God, my, fr- my kids aren't going to like me. I won't have time for my friends. I won't get dinner on time. <laughs> Let it fucking slide and see what happens. We're hungry. Oh, okay. I didn't even notice what time it was. Let's go eat. Use this. This is what I've been using the past few weeks. As your mind starts to run on all the things you have to do, the difference between have to, right? If I have to do it, this is what I say to myself. If I have to do it, it'll get done. Stop the story. Stop the imagination. If I have to do it, it'll get done. Done. Finished. Does it have to be done today? No. Then that can wait for another time. I am focused on me right now. I am focused on my highest excitement and my passions and my ascension, my raising my vibration, my changing my perception to see only unconditional love. That is what's most important to me. Mastering wealth frequency. That's what's most important to me. Everything else can slide. But Larry, then I'll be a terrible parent. Is that true? Following your highest excitement and doing what's best for you is never bad. It's only a belief that tells you it is. It's only a belief that tells you it is. Right? This comes from parents. Don't be selfish, they say. Do what I want you to do. Do you hear the hypocrisy there? It's selfish for me to work on me. Yeah, except that's everybody's job. That's what we're here to do. Everything else is a waste of fucking time. Not that you can really waste time because it's always now. That's just an expression. How about a waste of energy? even though there's an infinite amount of energy. All right, nothing's actually a waste, so you can't really mess this up. But I'm just saying, if you want these things, if you want higher consciousness, if you want wealth, you have to carve the space out to go inside where wealth is. Wealth is a feeling. If you didn't hear my last podcast, wealth is a feeling, a vibration. We have to spend time mastering it. Unconditional love is a vibration, a frequency. We have to spend time mastering it internally with ourselves. No one else is going to do it for you. That's a have to. 
There is no place to get to where you finally have the space. No. It's you taking the time, looking at everything on your plate, and saying, what needs to be done by me? What needs to be done today? And fuck everything else. Leave no thoughts for the morrow, because they will have thoughts of their own. Be here now. Spend time with you, and that is how you will master wealth. If you have a thousand things to do, why? Why? Because you're trying to prove yourself worthy through hustling. Or you have an imagined idea that everything should be perfect and you're trying to spin all these plates so that everybody's happy and everything is perfect so the world lines up with the fantasy in your mind. Everything is already perfect. You're the one, your perception is saying that it's not. Everything is already perfect. Everything is perfect, even if there's a part of me that believes that it's not. Try this on for size. I know this is scary to some of you who are busybodies. There's two things I want you to understand. You need to filter it through whatever it is that's on your plate. Does it, is it a highest excitement or not? Is it a 10? Is it something I would do for free? Is it something I wake up and go, yes, I get to do this today? Awesome, smile on my face, grin ear to ear. Is it that or not? If not, there's one of two reasons. One, you have a ton of limiting beliefs about it because you could have a highest excitement. Like for me, I love to write, okay? And if I have all of these limiting beliefs about who's going to read my writing, I, have, I deal with this a lot. Like I'm scared of who's going to read my writing. I'm scared of being famous. I'm scared that it won't get published or like it's too much or not enough or what are people going to think? Huh, huh, I don't know what to write about. Huh, see, that is your highest excitement running you right into limiting beliefs that need to be let go of. So you might not be excited about something that you really love, which is a 10, because of the limiting beliefs. They're suffocating, they're, they're like, the limiting beliefs are, are leeching all the energy out of you. So you have to look at that. Or the other reason, and the obvious one, is it's because it's not what you're supposed to do. If it's not what you want to do, if it's not exciting, why are you doing it? Again, as we've said, I recognize there are things that we have to do. But is it one of those things or not? So you need to look at everything on your plate. Is it something that excites me or not? Is the reason it doesn't excite me, if it's not a 10, if it doesn't put a huge smile on my face, is the reason because I have a ton of limiting beliefs around it or is it because I'm not supposed to be doing it? 
And then the next step is what? To say no. To say no to those things. Because it's the belief that they're stopping you. That's stopping you. Say no. Sit down and write about these beliefs. Do the work. I know this is scary to a lot of you, but it's okay to say no. And you can simply do it like this, with zero explanation. A no does not need to be explained. It's not my highest excitement. No thank you. Or, my heart, my heart is asking me to go a different way. I have to follow my heart. And that's it. Hey, so-and-so, can you run the PTA? Let me run it, let me process that, let me think about it. Does it excite me? Would it do it for free? We probably have to do it for free. Would I do it for free? Does it put a grin on my face? Does it make me feel expansive and frisky and fun? Nope. No? You're not going to do it? I can't believe you're saying no. It doesn't excite me. That's an excuse. You really don't want him to say anything. No, thank you. And be done. If they need an excuse, it doesn't excite me. I have to follow my heart, and that's not where my heart is taking me. To the PTA. If that's the thing for you. You don't need an excuse. Your excuse is because of you're a people pleaser. It doesn't excite me is the only excuse you will ever need. Or it doesn't align with my heart. My heart is taking me in a different direction. If you want to create wealth, if you want to create anything, you need to find the space. You need to create a vacuum for that thing to fill. I used to be a workaholic. I'm talking 60 to 80 hour weeks trying to get somewhere, trying to get done, trying to get approval. I realized that the list would never stop, that there would never be a done. And so that's when I was like, I have to create the space. And what you're listening to, everything that I've created so far, you know, soulmate, new business, highest excitement, all because I really really was aggressive with putting more and more white space in my calendar. So I know it works. You're worth way more than 10,000 an hour, way more than 100,000 an hour. It's time you realize that. But no matter what you do, know that I unconditionally love you and I'm grateful for you listening, that everything will always be okay, that there's no wrong way to do this, and that everything is perfect, even if there's a part of you that believes that it's not. We are different flowers in the same field, and clouds in the same sky, different fruit on the same tree, 
my unconditional love to you. Good journey, my friends.